Welcome to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records. I'm Scott, and I thank you for joining us. What is This episode features a talented group of vocalists that defy convention. They are the Nightingale Vocal Ensemble. Based in Boston, these eight musicians have classical training in widely varied backgrounds. They're also composers, which is unusual in itself. But what really sets them apart is that they've released an album of freely improvised music. We'll meet three members of the ensemble. Benjamin Perry, Angela Yam, and Nathan Halber, and hear about their paths from traditional music to their radical departure. Nightingale Vocal Ensemble's new album is called Composition Sped Up. That title comes from a Wayne Shorter quote defining improvisation. As you'll hear, the ensemble has a connection to Shorter, a jazz legend who passed away earlier this year. They also draw inspiration from Ornette Coleman and a range of contemporary musicians. Deftly using their voices as instruments, Nightingale's members are charting new ground. Let's hear their music and their story. Benjamin Perry, and I'm the artistic director of Nightingale. I'm the only remaining founding member of Nightingale. I sing tenor on this album, or if you can call it that. <laughs> tenor, soprano, bass at various points. So Nightingale Vocal Ensemble is a group based in Boston. We're about four years old, and we specialize in innovative collaborations and original music and this album composition sped up is just one of the permutations of that vision i'm angela yam i'm a singer on composition sped up and i joined nightingale vocal ensemble in 2021 uh, when their season was all virtual because of the pandemic and since then i've maintained a relationship with Nightingale, not only singing, but also composing for the ensemble and also leading other projects, which I'm really excited for. One of my favorite things about being in Nightingale Vocal Ensemble is its innovation and its focus on cross-disciplinary collaboration. My name is Nathan Halber. I am a singer and composer in Nightingale Vocal Ensemble. I joined at the same time Angela did in 2021. And I was the producer and a singer for our recent album, Composition Sped Up. 
I am a professional bass baritone singer, primarily, uh, in the classical music genre. My serious musical life started in high school, I would say, with percussion, playing in percussion ensembles, and improvising on the piano. So that, that was my personal introduction to experimental and improvised music. But mostly I've been doing classical singing, and that's what I spend most of my time doing now. And this was a very fun departure from that. I'm a classically trained soprano. I have degrees in that. Uh, and that tends to be what my career is looking like at the moment. Um, and at the same time, like I've always had an interest in radical new music and particularly in being able to improvise within pieces. Um, and there is a tradition within classical music and traditional classical choral music of like maybe sections will be improvised, but it'll be this range of pitches. And you kind of get that in other kinds of improvisation as well. And what made this project really unique to me was the chance to have it be freely improvised. Everything within the vocal tract is available as a toolbox. Before composition sped up, we have done a number of seasons of conceptual programs. So for example, we've done a concert on the ocean, we've done a concert on the mythology of the planets, uh, we've done a concert on the divine in nature. So we've done a lot of programs involving original music from our in-house composers, usually around a central theme. Sometimes we've involved dancers or collaborated with poets. We've also collaborated with chefs and projectionists, etc. But this is the first time that we've actually been in the studio recording something fully original. background is in piano and guitar and I also have degrees in vocal performance and choral conducting. Most of my training is classical in nature but I've always been interested in improvisation. I played a little bit of jazz. It's been fun to dig into improv in a choral setting with just strictly voices. I feel like in classical music there are places for improvisation, but it's rarely done just with a group of singers, a cappella. So that was an exciting new thing for us to try. And really each of the singers on the album comes from quite a different background. We have people who are opera singers, folks who specialize in folk, people who are instrumentalists as well. Uh, and so you really hear that come through on the album, people bringing the different styles into a cohesive whole. I would say that what we were doing here was pretty disconnected from my training as a classical singer in a very interesting and uh, exciting way. Within classical singing, there is certainly 
some tradition of improvised or improvised-ish music. So, for example, in certain kinds of Baroque or bel canto music, it's expected to ornament the vocal lines in certain ways in a way that feels improvisational. Usually it's actually not, though. Usually that's something that you plan out in advance and is comes from a tradition of copying other people, essentially. And sometimes within other choral situations, there can be moments for ornamentation or embellishment that is improvised, but it, it tends to be very structured, I would say. And this was very unstructured, actually, at least in the way we approached it. I would say in the end, the music, I feel, does have structure to it, but we didn't start from the structure, which is how classical improvisation tends to go. jumping off of that about how a lot of my training and a lot of what classical musicians try to do is this concept of bring the composer's intention to life or bring the emotion of the situation to life. And we're told and we're trained and we're coached to like dig into like, what were they intending? What were they trying to say? How does that work in your instrument? And I actually feel like this project as a classical singer so clearly highlighted how that can happen within oneself. Because in that moment, I am the composer. In that moment, I am composing for my instrument and my instrument is doing what I know it can do. There's no seeking to find the meaning of like, why did they write this? Or why, why is this vocal line this way? I get to invent it. That's a great point. I feel as classical musicians, we're trained to be interpreters of someone else's music. And in this case, we got to embody both role of composer and interpreter. I think it's been said, often we're encouraged to sing in a way in classical music that makes it seem spontaneous, right? That, we're, that we are kind of composing in the spot, but as has been pointed out, that's usually not the case. And so this, this was a very empowering experience, as Angela was pointing to, to just open your mouth and make sound and have there not be a wrong note.
fall of 2021, I was amazingly lucky enough to be in the world premiere of a new opera by the jazz saxophonist and composer Wayne Shorter called Iphigenia. And this opera starred Esperanza Spalding, the bass player and singer, and also featured three members of the Wayne Shorter Quartet as an onstage jazz combo. And the three of them, along with Esperanza Spalding, to some degree, improvised throughout the opera, actually, in addition to the music that Wayne Shorter had composed in advance and orchestrated. And at the end of the opera, there was this free improv sequence that went on for five to ten minutes at the end of the opera, which was 100% improvised, and which I technically contributed to in my small way, but very much as a novice to uh, that world of free improvisation. It was totally inspiring. I was absolutely thrilled by what they were doing and really wanted to do it myself as well. So I thought to myself, I'm going to try to make this happen for me in the future. I'm going to try to create opportunities where I can do this and I can try out this process that can generate music that has been totally alien to me. A few months after being in that opera, I composed a piece for Nightingale called Brian Pool. And the end of that piece featured a, a little improvisational sequence, very much inspired directly by Iphigenia. And then a few months after that, we started planning Composition Sped Up. Ben has implemented this great new system for Nightingale within the last season where different members of the ensemble are invited to lead projects individually. So we have this sort of modular system where each project is kind of an entity unto itself and potentially led by a different person. I saw this as a cool opportunity to suggest this idea. Ben was down with it and I'm really grateful to him for creating the space for me to, uh, to propose this idea. But yeah, we had a lot of enthusiasm, both from Ben and the singers two rehearsals with the octet for two and a half hours or so, yeah. where we just sort of established our process. And some of those pieces ended up being interpreted in the final product, but a lot of that time was just spent getting to know what our sound is, getting to know what kinds of sounds uh, were available to the ensemble. In fact, the neighbor said the next day, did you have a soprano over? And the answer was we had like eight sopranos <laughs> over <laughs> because they were, there was some screaming involved, as you'll hear in a couple of the pieces. I remember being at those initial rehearsals with that group of people that we had assembled and really feeling like I was in a playground, like I was in my sandbox with seven other children. And that was also my first time improvising in real time with other singers present. And we were able to come up with this vocabulary without saying anything of like, I like that idea that someone just brought out. I'm gonna interpret that into my voice. Someone else hears what I did and they're gonna reinterpret that. And letting it flow organically for 
anywhere between four to 20 minutes at a time. The great thing about that process as well is like you might have an idea at the start of like, oh, I know what this means to me. And all of the other people in the room have widely differing ideas. And that's part of the process is you might come with it with a particular background or subset of knowledge that is immediately going to be usurped and played with by seven other amazing artists. It was remarkable in the end once we were in rehearsal and in the recording session, how game people were to just do things, to just start improvising and find out what would happen. There was remarkably little discussion in our rehearsals about what a piece was going to be. Personally, actually pleasantly surprised how few questions people asked, how little clarification people wanted, because we were all equally down to discover it together through the music itself. What was it like in the moment as things were emerging around you? What were you thinking and how did you decide what you would do next? And I imagine different singers might have different answers. There's definitely a sense of leading and following. So for example, at the beginning of a piece, you know, this one is going to avoid a perfect fifth drone. That's that's the only precondition, right? And then someone starts and then someone adds another tone and then someone starts to do something totally different so there's these moments of departure and for me personally i found myself really wanting to be the glue that would um that would kind of keep the piece um together so for example, there would be a lot of moments where someone would start singing a fragment of a melody and then I might respond singing that too. And then 
what I found so beautiful was that then they might do it again and then I'd harmonize with them. Or we'd start to create a little duet. Or there's some moments in the album where we have, you know, a double choir going on. Um, so there's there was a lot of moments of responding but also taking initiative to create the next section we were all just sort of responding to each other in the in the moment but then taking risks of individuality transition sometimes from one section of music to another one and that was totally a result of how like you said dialed in we were in with each other but those moments were so surprising to me I didn't know that it was possible for us to do that kind of thing and discovering that we could turn on a dime uh, in moments like that and make dramatic musical choices collectively so quickly and so responsively and so fluidly was very thrilling 
one of the things that's so remarkable about this like ability for each instrument, for each person to become glue or become a leader or, or follow someone else is the fact that it's all acoustic vocal music. The instrument itself is only so loud and so it's also employing all of our collective knowledge of like times that I have used my voice as a soloist, times that I have used it to meld with a texture. And that's one of the things that I think make this album really unique is that versatility of instrument is so ever present, not only within like voice types, but also within a person. I think Ben, you were saying earlier, like I sang tenor and bass and soprano and sometimes percussion and sometimes like your ability to meld into different roles in a particular groove um, is not limited by where your voice sits. There are cases where you spontaneously would get into very complex harmonies. How did that happen? <laughs> I We're found asking it, ourselves that all the time. <laughs> no, I found it miraculous myself, actually, as someone like participating in it. I was, when we got, started the process and when I was proposing the idea, I did not expect it, I would say, to make good music necessarily. I thought maybe it could, maybe it might, but, but my expectation was that we would just do, try something new and that's all it would be. And I was really surprised that we were able to create structure and to create moments that sounded like their plan. So first of all, just to say, I'm with you. It's, well, I feel the same way, basically. It's equally surprising and mysterious to me that those moments happened. I will say, I think they were possible just because of the sort of extreme mutual listening that we were all doing and the extreme degree to which all of us valued the ensemble. And we all wanted the collective product to be great. And we were all willing to set aside our egos to do that. And so it was just, we were completely in tune with each other. And I think that's what made those moments possible.
did actually perform free improvisation live at one of the most bizarre Christmas shows that I think anyone's been to. Um, it was really neat. It was at the Lily Pad in Inman in Cambridge. It was really magical to have an audience there participating without them saying anything, but in, in affecting our focus and in a way that we had another collaborator in the room. I found that the music we made changed a lot, and I think it had to do with the presence of an audience. The knowledge that they were listening in real time, and there's a certain feedback loop happening, I think, even though, like Angela said, there was nothing you know, being verbally communicated, but I think there was a feedback loop between us and the audience, and we were responding to their energy and being influenced by their presence, and it changed the sounds we made, which was really interesting and something I would love to explore some more. this same kind of musical approach and in the same way that this music on the album was inspired by visual art of various kinds whether that was the written word or by paintings posters things like that we want to extend that concept and now take inspiration from moving prompt material so silent films and potentially short films that people will submit to us the basic idea is to take musical inspiration from animated material and to create live improvised soundtracks.
We've been listening to Nightingale Vocal Ensemble. To learn more about the group, link to their music, and see today's playlist, visit rightbrainrecords.com and see the blog entry for this episode. Let's close with a little more from the Nightingales. Listening to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records. You can visit us at rightbrainrecords.com. Farewell for now. Join us next time.